Hello, Bobby, and welcome to Inspire Us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Paul. I'm happy to have you on. You know, we've known each other for a few years, and and we kind of talk the same language often. And I've been following you on social media, and you're really active on social media, uh, so much so that you've come up with different ways of dealing with texts or messages that are sent your way that are not always pleasant. Can you talk about the cyberbullying that you've experienced and how you handle that? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty complicated. But uh, in the beginning, when I started getting more traction, particularly on Twitter at first, Twitter has a lot of trolls out there. And so people started responding back in ways that weren't necessarily kind. And I, I found it really jarring at first. And in the beginning, it was difficult to deal with it. But I think that I found a path through empathy that allowed me to kind of better handle the, the situations. And then pretty soon, you know, your empathy is your, you know, empathy is your exercising your heart muscle. And after a while of practice, and when you practice that muscle, the muscle gets stronger. And pretty soon I got better and better at navigating anything that came my way, whether it's people who were yelling at me politically or even random people telling me things like, oh, you're so fat or you're so ugly or you're so brown or racist or whatever it might be. It was actually quite, uh, quite again, it's being quite jarring. But uh, about, about three years ago, I came onto a philosophy just about the idea that, look, we can all disagree with each other without putting each other down. And divisiveness leads to more divisiveness. So I'm going to lead with empathy and heart and curiosity and kindness and forgiveness. And I'm going to see if I can bridge some understanding with some of these people. Now, I started doing that. And sometimes it blows up in your face and they keep, keep yelling at you. But once in a while, you make a connection. You, make, you, you break through. And it's actually a, a wonderful, and I've been able to actually document a lot of this. And I started taking the same practice on Twitter and applying it to Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram when it happened. And it served me well because now, you know, I'm able to connect people on a more deeper level and I can bridge some understanding, not always, but sometimes. And number two, it also affects me less. doesn't mean I don't get, you know, jarred by some of these things or get upset by some of these things, but, you know, they, they affect me less. And so my general philosophy is basically, no matter what someone says to me in cyberbullying, or when they cyberbully is, I start with empathy. So number one, can I understand how they're feeling, why they feel this way, or, or why would they do that? But it, it goes back to the philosophy that hurt people hurt people. Right. And everybody out there is projecting their, their pain, their damage, their experiences, whatever it might be. And so when I think of that in terms of empathy, number one, I think I judge them less and number two, whatever they say has less effect on me and my mindset. So that's the first thing. The second thing I do is I, I look at the seriousness of the reply, right? So the severity and the seriousness, like what exactly did they say? How bad was it? Is it so horrible? And, and because based on that severity and whatever they say, that's going to then go to step three, which is what is my response? Mm. So, you know, then obviously 90% of the time the response is to ignore it. Right. Uh, but then sometimes I respond. And I probably respond more than most people do or should. Uh, I'll, I'll be very transparent about that. I probably respond far more often than I do. But, you know, if it's spam, you know, I ignore it. If it's salesy, I ignore it. If it's, uh, you know, just, just absolute nonsense, I'll ignore it. But sometimes, you know, if they trash another organization or another friend of mine, or if they, you know, slander me personally and say, you know, something like that, I'll respond. I'll say, look, and I'll usually either respond with, love and kindness to try to understand, you know, please, uh, please let me know, why are you feeling this way? Mm. Or, you know what, I think that's a bit unfair. How about we start fresh? What do you think of, you know, X, Y, Z? 
Mm. Uh, or, or I'll respond by saying, you know what? Uh, I understand how you're feeling. I know it's challenging for you because of such, such, such. But here's where my take is. And if you want to learn more, please feel free to reply back in kind. Or I'll just come up with the standard. You know what? This, like on LinkedIn is a very common example. This is, a, uh, this is a professional platform. And so I think we need to engage in more appropriate manners. Are you willing to do that? Oh, nice. Uh, and I just say that. And, uh, you know, often, sometimes it blows in my face, but oftentimes it works really, really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of, and then, and then the fourth step of this process is once you've, and then sometimes, of course, you know, you block, delete, report the, the, the tweet or the message. Uh, and other times you, um, uh, you, re- you reply with that kind of one categorical statement saying, stating exactly your position on things and, and not engaging them again. And, you know, I've learned, I've learned the hard way to, to when, when I need to block and report people, it's, it's a harder, it was a hard lesson for me, particularly on Facebook, because the, a lot of them were my friends or people I knew. And I was like, well, how could you be responding in such a way to me? I, I don't understand. And so it took me a while to really let that go because some people have pointed out to me that it was, it was kind of hurting me. But the fourth part of the process that I use is uh, let go or manage your emotions. So what you do is what, when you, whatever you decide, you decide to take, whether you decide to block it or delete it or, or, or reply or ignore it, you have to let go of your own emotions and forgive yourself because you know, it's, it's okay to be human. It's okay to feel emotions and maybe you feel a bit of pain, but you have to kind of let, let it go so that you can move on and do something else. So that's kind of my process for dealing with uh, a lot of cyber bullies. And my twin tweet right now on Twitter talks about that. It's been there for year, for three years and uh, it's gone, gone viral. So I've, I left it up there because it pretty much categorized exactly how I want to behave on that platform and everywhere else. Okay. No, no, that sounds good. Now, sorry, I kind of missed, what was it that went viral? You posted something three years ago? Yeah. So there's a tweet I posted that's pinned on my Twitter profile and it talks about, we can disagree without putting each other down. We need to lead lead with love, kindness, empathy. We need to bridge understanding. Divisiveness, Divisiveness creates more divide. That's what it's all about. All right, I got it. And you know what, that's very helpful, because there's a lot of people who are being bullied online. And especially now, you mentioned hurt people hurt people. And I think we're seeing a world of hurt. We are seeing everyone dealing with hurt in one form or another. And it's easy sometimes to feel like you can attack someone because you're behind the screen of a computer, or it's just like being in a car and getting road rage, you know, you, you feel protected in that little bubble. Yeah. Why do you suppose, why do you suppose so many people are lashing out? Is it because that we're at, are, we're just at our wits end? Is it because we're burnt out? Is it because we're just angry at the world in general? What is it? Well, I think it's a, I think it's a couple things. I mean, the two biggest things I would probably say is that we have not been trained. Most people have not been trained or have learned or have been developed the, the, the abilities to process their emotions. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a need for coaches, a need for therapists, a need for all these things that, you know, people just have not been, it's not something you learn in school, you know, you don't learn in the workplace. And so we don't really learn how to manage and process our emotions and feelings. So I think that's the first thing. And the second thing that I think gets in the way is that we also have really learned uh, the processes of understanding uh, critical thinking and unconscious biases. And so we don't, we're not aware of those things. And so that's why we'll often respond back in illogical ways or we'll re- respond and we'll reply and, and react in illogical ways. And so I think those two fundamental root pieces of information, education and training and support that we haven't got is leading to everything else. 
So whenever uh, you know there's a relation, there's a problem within between a couple or between a, a boss and a, and a worker or whether that's online, there's always something there where you know we just haven't got the tools to learn how to do that kind of stuff. And that's really why it comes. And then you add on to that how challenging life is right now because yes, I don't think in the last the world has been far more divisive and challenging in the last three, four years. And now we're dealing with a pandemic. So when you combine all those things, I mean, yeah, we're overwhelmed, we're burnt out and we don't know how to navigate and manage these things. And that's why we often lash out in those ways. And I'm guilty of it too. Like sometimes I might say something bad to my wife or to my kid. And, and I was like, oh man, I don't know why I said that. I was, I guess I was in a mood and, and I have to go back and reflect and try to process it and do meditation or whatever it might be or talk to a best friend to try to help me process those things that I'm going through. I even had just one, like I had a, a situation just recently where I was dealing with something with my dad and I called my brother, my older brother. And then next thing you know, he said, like, let's, let's, let's call the other sibling. So my other brother, my other sister, and the four of us just chatted and being able to just process that with them and talk about what I was going through with my dad. That was great. Really, really helpful. And we all need it. We certainly do. And it's funny, while you were saying that, um, a Victor Frankl popped into my head. Uh, he's the author of Man's Search for Meaning. And if you haven't read that book, and I'm certain that you probably have, but for all our listeners, if you haven't read that book, it's certainly worth listening to. He said that between the time that we experience something and our response, there is a, a small window of our decision-making. You know, how do we respond to this? And I think one of the big problems is that uh, a lot of what people are responding to in anger is a knee-jerk reaction. They're not taking a moment to process that information and choose which which way to respond to it. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I've been I've been doing something this past year uh, that uh, is regarding uh, positive intelligence quotient, where you that there's a typical it's basically neuro you know like um, uh, neurolinguistic programming and mindset. Uh, mental mental fitness. And one of the things that comes up is that most of us react with our saboteur uh, mode versus our sage mode. <laughs> so we either have sabotaging thoughts, right? Things come our way or we experience things. Uh, and they, 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 and they can be things for me personally. Uh, I have certain ones that there's like eight of them that are eight or nine of them. And one of them is people pleaser. Another one's avoider. Another one is uh, hyper, hyper, um, hypercritical, that type of stuff. And so uh, I, the, the judge comes in and says things and all of a sudden you have to re react in that way. So when I'm people pleasing, I'll say something to someone because I want to please them. But inside I'm like, God, oh, I can't believe I have to do this. Mm. And I, and I, re and I resent it. Or if I'm avoiding something, I avoid conflict. So I don't even want to deal with it. And that causes more problems for me in my head. Yeah. And the, the training is to teach you to like a Jedi, like a Jedi mind trick to kind of turn yourself into the, the, the key ways of the sage the wise person, what's the, what's the sage perspective on these things? And there's things like empathy and curiosity and exploration and, uh, you know, activation to try to navigate through these things. And so our brains are typically wired, particularly through instinct and through history to respond to the saboteur, to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so training your brain to do the sage perspective is powerful because it's you're you're basically reframing, uh, rewiring stuff, and and it takes training, it takes practice to get better and better at it. And so over the last year, I've been doing this this training uh, and exercises to you know build my sage uh, perspective versus my saboteur when that naturally comes in all the time. Mm, I like that. I like that very much. And you know, it's it's like uh, 
a course, I'm taking this course, and, and one of the things that they talk about is, you know, imagine if you were on a stage, you know, your life was on a stage, and you were an actor in your own story, but you were watching it from, you know, fr from the audience. Right. So when something happens to you, how would you want uh, the world to see you in that moment? Because it's going to be in the movies, it's going to be in the television show. So if you take just one moment to decide how you are going to act, behave, that may change. That one moment that you take and you imagine that you're being watched by the world, your actions are being watched by the world, can make a world of difference. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that is it's a common thing where I actually, when I engage people on different social media platforms to say, listen, and when we get it, when we actually get a conversation going, I say, do you realize that this is a public forum and people are seeing how you're engaging me and everybody else? And do you realize that how you're engaging me is going to reflect on you? And a lot of people don't even realize that, yeah, oh my God, I don't know how I got into this public forum and this spat and behave this way and they, they start to realize yeah people are watching because people are watching mm -hmm. now some don't care but some start to realize oh okay yeah you know i hadn't, hadn't thought about that and most people don't think about those things particularly because of online they don't think about how people are viewing this stuff i mean there was a guy at uh, one time on twitter and he was like bash he, he was he was very political of course and so he started bashing all these people that were you know not on his political side and i just i replied to him and said hey listen quick question you're you're a real estate agent right and I said, and, and I said, so tell me about, tell me about how awesome you are as a real estate agent. And then he replied back, well, I've done this, 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 and I have these clients. It's my website. I said, I said, I said, great. So what do you think people are seeing when you talk like this to people on, on Twitter? I mean, are they going to judge you for your, your, do you think they're going to judge you negatively about your real estate business? And he didn't respond, but like, you know, but I, I totally I had to make the point because you know, he was everything he talked about was either he was either trashing people or he's talking real estate yeah. and so i had to make that point to him i'm glad you did because yes uh, people have to be aware that whatever when you push that send button it's yeah. out there and it's out there forever yeah. uh, whether it's a picture of you and your underwear or a uh, you know a negative comment or a bashing of somebody it's going to be out there forever and uh, it could come back to haunt you. Uh, I've heard so many times where people have been very liberal or whatever on, on their Facebook by posting certain pictures and such. And then they go looking for a job only to have somebody say, well, we, we checked your Facebook account. We don't like who you are, right? Right. <laughs> so that's, that's a big one too. What advice would you give people as far as other than what you've told us? Is there any other ways that they can handle being bullied on the Internet? Hmm, well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, one of the things is to understand, you know, what uh, to identify who are bullies, too, because, you know, for example, one, one way to identify someone who's a bully that does not worth responding to is someone who has a private avatar. Right. There's no face. There's no mm -hmm. information about this person. Mm -hmm. That's ideally someone you should not take seriously nor respond to. And also there's a lot of bots out there that do this automatically. They're computerized to get you going. And so, I mean, that. so empowering yourself with that kind of knowledge about these little things to how to identify them, I think really helps quite a bit. The other thing that works really well is having a support network. So one of the things that I have on LinkedIn in particular, sometimes on Twitter, but mostly on LinkedIn where um, when people, I have a support network there where we engage in each other's posts 
And so whenever someone starts trolling, uh, we support each other. Because the best way to handle a troll is not usually yourself, is to have other people do it, mm-hmm. right? So when three or four people go after that person to call them out or forever on their actions, I think that, I think that works really well. Uh, so that support network really works well. And then I think the last thing I'll add as a tip is um, don't focus on the person, focus on the action, mm-hmm. right? So, so focus on what they did versus saying that you're a loser, you know, name calling doesn't really work. I mean, just say, when you said this, this is how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. When you acted this way, this is why I'm reacting that way. And I even use that when I talk about people that I disagree with. You know, I remember years ago, I was uh, on Facebook and I was, um, I was bashing, uh, um, what's his name? Rob Ford, the mayor of Toronto, who was, you know, illustriously bad in many, many ways. And uh, someone called me, I said, you know, you're just, you're just insulting him and bashing him in a way. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to bash him uh, at all. I'm just going to talk about his ideas, his actions, and his policies, and why you know why I disagree with them, why why I think they're bad. Mm-hmm. And I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you see it nowadays. People make fun of. Uh, uh, well, I mean, let's use let's use the the most the most uh, toughest example to find empathy for. I think is is Donald Trump. But uh, people make fun of his hair. They make fun of his weight. I never do. I just don't see any point in doing that. Talk about his actions, talk about his policies, talk about whatever. But, you know, when you insult people uh, about their physical appearance or you talk or you call them names, I just don't, it doesn't really, it doesn't make sense to me. Or I I don't think it helps. I mean, sure, your choir will love what you say, your echo chamber, he loves what you're saying. But what's the point of it? I mean, if you want to rant, fine, rant with your friends and talk to them amongst yourselves. But, you know, for the most part, if we're trying to create change in the world and we're trying to, you know, um, trying to make the world a better place, then we have to be the example. And we have to bridge understanding and get more connection between all of us that are going through similar things. I agree. Uh, I don't see a, a value to insulting anyone. Uh, there is no value to it. Everybody, we are all imperfect people living in an imperfect world. The thing is, we have to support one another. And to then attack someone and call them names or uh, just insult them wh- whichever way serves no useful let me be a contrarian for a little bit sure okay yeah so um so i've had this tweet for three years i've been promoting it so one thing has changed slightly for me which is when the black lives matter movement started really getting some momentum behind what happened to brianna taylor uh and george floyd and all that um one of the things i've learned is that you know sometimes in the heat of anger uh you need to express yourself. And so I think that one time thing where you do that and express yourself in the heat of the moment, and if, if it ends up being insulting or whatever it might be, I think that's forgivable. And in some ways, sometimes it might be necessary to get people to back off. Yeah. Another example, another, another example someone gave me was uh, when there is a threat of violence, right? So uh, it was a woman who, you know, she started yelling at this guy to back off and saying all these things. And he backed off. And so it made me think, okay, there might be certain extreme situations where uh, you might need to do it. But but for the most part, long-term, the long game, no, not at all. But 
I'm just throwing it out there to be contrarian. Okay, and and you are contrarian, <laughs> uh, but I don't agree. What with do you that. think? What do you think? No, no, do I don't you, agree with that. More. I'd love to hear. Yeah, well, listen, listen. I I've been a peacekeeper all my life. Uh, that's what I did. Uh, you know, in my my career, and I've dealt with a lot of conflict, with a lot of anger, with with uh, a lot of um, attacks and such. I've been a hostage negotiator. I've counseled people. I don't see any. Any value, again, I'll repeat it, in, you know, just being cruel or, you know, attacking someone, it does not resolve the conflict that happens. What resolves it is what you were talking about a little bit earlier, compassion, understanding. Number one, uh, if somebody lashes out at you, it's almost like being an actor. Um, if you choose the career of being an actor, you're going to be rejected from time to time, quite a few times. You can't take yeah. things personally. When somebody lashes out at you, this is the way that I, I kind of put it together is number one, who is this person to me? What do they mean? What do they mean to me? Are they very close to me? You know, they, they said something that was meant to hurt me. And, you know, I don't know where that's coming from, but what value do they have in my life? And if they don't have any value, then what they said doesn't have any value. Now, if it's somebody very close to me and they do say something that is uh, an attack or an insult or just calling me out on something, then I have to determine, number one, did I deserve that? Was I acting like an idiot? Mm -hmm. And if I was, yeah. I got to own that. But if I wasn't, what hurt were they experiencing that they brought out in it, it, it to me. Why are they attacking me? It's not about me. It's about what they're going through and maybe something that they need from me and the communication wiring or whatever just didn't get through. So uh, Bobby, no, I, I don't believe that there are times where you can insult somebody or just put somebody down uh, because of the circumstances. I, I, I don't think that that's the way to get through. No, and you know, for the most part, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And it's been my philosophy for a long time. It was pointed out to me by some of the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, supporters that were telling me I was too nice. And it was like, it kind of, it kind of hit me. And I was like, oh, dear, maybe, you know, it, maybe there is a time to be really angry and to, to say enough is enough and things like that. I, I'm not saying people should insult one another. Absolutely not. But uh, they did give me pause for thought. And, and, and of course, even though I, even though I've, you know, my natural instinct is always to be empathetic and loving and, and kindness, but I, I definitely saw that and I felt the anger and I felt their pain. And so that's kind of where it was, it was very interesting to, to hear that from people, but uh, no, for the most part, yeah, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm, I'm totally, you know, like always about trying to process emotions and respond with kindness, empathy and peace in every step. Well, I know that it, um, my approach of doing this has saved my life more than once. Uh, like I, the way that I handled conflict it has saved my bacon more than once. And uh, sure. in, in extreme circumstances where I was about to get a beating or I was about to, to die. And so this approach has worked for me. And it has also worked for me when I was talking to a criminal, say somebody who had committed a murder and I was trying to get the truth out of them. And uh, the approach uh, that so many cops, you know, you're going to tell me what, what's going on and, you know, you're a criminal and all this and the, the pointing and the finger, that gets nowhere, nowhere. Yet 
if you walk in and you say, hey, listen, I'm here to treat you with dignity and respect. I'm here to hear your side of the story and call me Paul, that kind of stuff. You know, there are mm-hmm. different methods of reaching people. And I know that they work because I've used them time and time and time again. So yeah, thank you for uh, for sharing that. But uh, yeah, I, I think, and you, you pointed it out, these times, you know, like where, where people are, they're talking about a cause, you know, and a cause that matters to all of us. It's easy uh, for sides to be taken and anger to be unleashed or whatever. But I, I see again, and I'll repeat it. I see no value in attacking. I, I see value in stating an opinion because we're not always going to agree, but it's the way in which we state our opinion. I think that will matter because people will judge you based on your actions and not who they think you are. They'll read your your text or they'll read your, your message. Uh, they'll watch your behavior and then they'll make their own minds up about what character you you have in your life. Yeah, and I think and I think it serves the long game better too. I mean, you know, when you look at Gandhi and Mandela, I mean, the way they handled things, I mean, the long game worked, really worked for them in terms of nonviolence. And I, I admire that so much it's like they're probably the most inspiring people i know in terms of how they do that oh yeah that's that, that's really beautiful stuff so thank you no this has been a great conversation i'd like this um i want to switch it over though because i know that uh, sure. you, only have, you only have so much time but i'd really like to talk to you about your health journey because i know that you've been on a uh, on a journey and that uh, there there were some some problems with your health but you're you're on top of that. Why don't you tell us about that journey? Yeah. So I mean, you know, I've always struggled with my my health for a long time, and uh, you know, I, I've I became diabetic uh, in in 2006, and uh, I'm I'm a binge eater and a food addict, and I didn't really diagnose myself until I started getting counseling for that, um, for with through my diabetes doctor, and then I went to a psychotherapist. But um, it's been a it's been a hard journey to get things under control, and one of the things that I have found was uh, what happened in 2013 is I wrote a, I wrote a post on Facebook called what the F is wrong with me. And I talked about how I felt guilty because I was binge eating behind the scenes. I was eating like a full meal before dinner, before my, my wife and the kids came home and then I have dinner with them again. Mm. Or I would, uh, I was on four meds at the time. And I was angry about that. And I felt like I was, out, I was out of control and I couldn't control myself. And so I posted that, I posted that post and, uh, I decided to make it public, and next thing you know, like uh, just uh, hundreds of people responded. They couldn't believe I was talking about this because you know I've been, I've been, I was known for years as Bobby the motivational speaker. That's what I was known for, right? Right. And so when they saw me post it, posted, they're like, "Whoa, like Bobby, what? What's going on?" And so pretty soon, I had a, a whole support network of people, like a nutritionist, a fitness trainer, a whole bunch of people offering their help to help me get through this mm. and, and start a plan. So I started this thing called Fit in My Life hashtag Fit in My Life, where uh, and it's a double entendre where I'm I'm trying to get fit in my life. But I'm also trying to make everything else fit in my life, which is a struggle because, you know, there's, there's business, there's the kids, there's everything else. And so it's been a really challenging journey. And, you know, people give me, I've gotten so much advice and so much information, left, right, center, things that I reject, things that I say I'm going to do. Uh, and then, and sometimes, you know, I have, I have like, you know, seven good months and then all of a sudden three months of crap and then another, another 10 good months and then two months of crap or, or two whole years of crap. And, you know, like it's, it's been a really difficult journey but um you know by by talking about it publicly uh it's make myself more accountable and it's inspiring other people and people really appreciate that i get a lot of private messages people who don't want to talk about it publicly but they they tell me that me talking about stuff is really inspiring and so 
that certainly has driven me. And I've got a negative message too. Like some person messaged me saying, you know, why are you doing this? It makes you look bad. And I think it's a terrible idea. I'm like, well, look, uh, you know, it's, it's my journey. Right. Mm. And so that, so that's, that's been really, that's been really good in terms of, uh, you know, helping other people. And uh, you know, I think that the journey, and one of the things I realized that, and I've learned so much. And, and now that I've gone through all this, like, um, when people come my way and they suggest things, you know, I, I'm pretty, again, my mindset, my mind is always growing and learning. And so it's easier to process the stuff that I'm going through, even if I have a bad day or a bad week. And mm-hmm. so I think that's good. Even if I'm not at my ideal right weight right now or having the exact success I want, that's fine. You know, pre-COVID, actually, I was actually in a really good spot. And, uh, and the reason is because I had lost about 45 pounds and I felt really good and felt energetic. COVID, COVID hit and that really sh- shifted things because um, my time was compressed like by half mm-hmm. and I was trying to save two businesses and I, and it was very difficult to continue with the keto and the eating healthy and preparing the meals and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I lost track a bit, but you know, I'm also pretty Zen and excited about the fact that I had a system that worked for me and it was working. And so right. I'm excited to get back to it and do it again. And, and the good news is I know I can do it, which is amazing. So even though I've, I backtracked a bit during um, COVID, uh, not to where I was before, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very confident that I'll be, be, be able to get back on track again. And so that's been a really good journey for me. And, and I continue to share it all the time. And even just today, I shared my weight. <laughs> like I'll, I'll share my weight on a, on a story and let people know exactly what's going on. And, you know, I get messages saying, hey, this is great. I, I appreciate this. Thanks for sharing. So. I'm going to keep doing that. Not only, I like that. Thank you very much for sharing that. And not only do you believe you can do that, I believe that you can do that. Uh, because, uh, oh, I like what, that. What you, yeah, I do believe that you can do that. And uh, I, uh, you mentioned Bobby, the motivational speaker. Why would you know a motivational speaker pour his or her heart out uh, in a post that doesn't make them look like a motivational speaker? Well, the thing is, it doesn't matter who you are in this world. You're going to struggle with something. Even uh, Tony Robbins right. has got stuff going on in his life that people may or may not know about. So everybody faces their own challenges. And I love that you are sharing that with the world because vulnerability, and as you pointed out so nicely, is that by by sharing this vulnerable uh, piece of yourself, you know, that this, hey, this is what I'm struggling with somebody reading that post is struggling with the same thing and saying, thank you. I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. There's other people. What are you doing about it? And that generates great conversation and leads to, as you said, people joining in and saying, how can I help you through this? So love that really. Um, Yeah. I know that you're, uh, you're going to control this, man. You're going to, you're going to control everything in your life. So that's really good. Bobby, this has been a, a wonderful, wonderful conversation. On a, a couple of last notes on, on your journey, is there anything that you would like to, to share with our, our listeners about their journey, perhaps with, uh, with eating, uh, overeating, at, particularly in this time of COVID-19? Well, I think the, the most important thing to figure out is what works, what, what motivates you and what demotivates you. It's, it's really important to understand what drives you, what doesn't. So for me, I spend a lot of time analyzing my triggers, and things that worked for me and things that didn't work for me. And that, that was really helpful. You know, I, I met with a nutritionist one time. She's like, tell me all the foods you hate. I said, oh, okay, sure. Why? Because I'm not going to put them in your plan. I'm like, oh, really? That's great. Okay. And then, and then what foods do you like? I said, here's the foods I like. 
And he's like, uh, and, she, and then she's like, what about foods? Are you willing to try these ones? I was like, oh, okay, sure. And and so I, I tried new foods and I, I became, a, now I love avocados. Like I never ate avocados before. Oh, I love it. Now I love avocados. But, but what was amazing was that, you know, she said, I want to find a nutrition plan that works for you, that you feel good about. You don't have to give up curry. You don't have to give up rice and naan. You don't have to give up all the, all the tendery stuff. But we have to find a way to fit it in your life that makes sense. And so, you know, one of the things I found is that everyone has their own path that works for them. So find out what your triggers are, find out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And, and then have a, have a plan. The second thing, of course, is that I, I would never be able to figure this out without accountability. Mm. So having an accountability partner or an accountability group or accountability coach or therapist, that is the way to go. Uh, as that famous ad on radio says, you know, if you could have done it by yourself, you would have done it already. And so having that accountability is so critical to success. I, I can't even stress that. I have a Facebook group called Fit, Fit My Life as well, where I, we, me and other people share their journeys, and their challenges. And I think that's so important because people need that support network to know that, you know, whenever they have a bad day, they can, they can get through it. And then and the other thing too that happens is that these people will also forgive you. Like you know, you, you, they'll help you to forgive yourself. They'll say, you know what, just go to sleep, Bobby. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's day one, right? And mm -hmm. forgive yourself. And I, and I think that's also worked really well by having had therapists and having had support groups and accountability in my life. So for me, everyone's journey is, is unique. Uh, but I think, the, and the last thing I'll say is that, you know, body image is something I've struggled with too, right? So part of the reason why, that I wrote that I wrote that message uh, in 2013 about what that was wrong with me was I remember getting up from bed and I you know got up and I just sighed and I looked down at myself and I saw like this big roll of fat you know like right right, right above my center area here mm. and I literally hated myself and I was like I just I just hate myself and so I've also learned that the whole body image body positive self love self care um, exploration is a really important one. And most of us are unwilling to traverse that emotional uh, bridge, mm -hmm. but it's so important to acknowledge that and to talk about that and do what we can to work on it. Because yeah. most of the biggest people that, the, the people who are, uh, don't deal with it. And I have the, like, I've had, I have like my brother struggles with this and my cousins and family members and friends uh, because they don't want to acknowledge it or they joke about it. They create a narrative where, oh boy, time for a buffet again or look at my triple burger. And they create these narratives that allow them to be the way they are, but they're not willing to dive deep into you know, why they're doing that and what's going on. So I think that's been helpful for me. And I think if people want to do it, they have to acknowledge it and say, look, look. Uh, and the, big, the biggest lesson for me is I have to love myself. I love my body, or at least I have to love, I have to learn to love my body. Mm -hmm. And so my, 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 my mantra I use is, Everyone is beautiful, but everyone can start to be healthier. Mm -hmm. And so that's the journey that I'm on. And I like that. You, uh, you touched on a few really good points. Number one, accountability. Have somebody who holds you accountable, a coach. Uh, you know, there's such a need for coaches these days. So that was great. I also loved when you said that you can forgive yourself because we will fall from time to time. Somebody will grab uh, an extra meal or an extra drink or whatever, but to be too hard on ourselves, we'll discourage ourselves out of ever trying again. And some of us will just give up. So forgiving yourself and saying, hey, tomorrow was another day is a great way of looking at it. And yeah, as people grow older, I think uh, we come to a decision in our lives. Do we just simply grow older or do we grow older well? 
And when you think, I want to grow old or well, what does that mean? It means being active. It means exercising. It means exercising your body, uh, your spirituality, your mind, you know, grow older well. You don't have to fall to pieces just because you're an extra year old and, you know, you've reached your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, I know a lot of people who have got it all together and they're well into their 80s. Wonderful. Yeah, and I believe that one thing I'll say is that a better you is a better everything else. Oh yeah. So if you if you work on yourself um, and be a better person, whether it's physical, uh, mental, spiritual, social, whatever it might be, everything else will get better too. Your your relationships, your business, your life, and so uh, that's another mantra I follow quite uh, quite strongly. And that's a good one to follow too. Um, how can people f- uh, find you and connect with you and hire you as a speaker or just uh, get in touch with you? Sure. So uh, my main website for speaking, training, coaching is rayallen.com. And then my other website for my startup, which is for personal branding, coaching and training is uh, dypb.ca. And of course, I'm all across social media uh, at Rayhan Bobby. And you can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places. Excellent. I'll put those uh, links in uh, in the uh, uh, what do you call it? The narrative, uh, you know, when I post it. So thank you so much, Bobby, for coming on and for sharing this. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I really love uh, hearing your take on things, too. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you. And guess what? Well, I'm going to leave you with one parting thought. I believe in you. You're going to get this. Your journey. Thank you. All right.